service. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, are you guys proud dog owners like I am? You ever wonder why so many dogs are suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, you know Katherine Heigl from Knocked Up. She's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation. And she says that she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, Katherine feels that there's one place that we can all look to improve our dog's health, and that is their food. Many dog foods can actually create toxins that can be wrecking our dog's health. Okay, and this is true even for many of the premium dog food brands. However, by just adding a few special superfoods to our dog's diets, we can see huge transformations in their health. Katherine Heigl has already done this. She's made a video about it. You guys need to watch this video. It's a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. This worked amazingly for my dog, Dusty. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin, uh, healthier coat. Dusty's coat looks fantastic. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com slash disgraceland and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash disgraceland. Hey, what's up, everybody? Just wanted to chime in here real quick, let you know that the recording of these bonus episodes this week is going to be a little wonky. I'm in the middle of building a new studio here. We moved. It's a whole thing. Uh, didn't want to go a week without recording any bonus episodes, though, so you're going to have to deal with a little extra reverb. Uh, just think of it as you're in like the studio at Motown back in the day. Um, also, quick shout out before we get into this bonus episode to all of you listeners uh, for the continued support. Thank you, as always. This episode is a special tribute to you guys. Uh, thanks for inspiring and motivating me, as always. And uh, yeah, real quick, this past Tuesday, as you probably know, we released our eighth episode in our Wu-Tang series, this one on Old Dirty Bastard. And this week, over in the Badlands feed, we've got a brand new episode on David Lynch for you to check out. Uh, I killed Laura Palmer, just so you know, it was me. All right, let's get into the after party. Hey, discos. Need a little more Disgraceland in your life? Just a touch to get you through? Yeah, me too. This is the podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Disgraceland, the after party. Welcome to the Disgraceland bonus episode, a little thing we like to call the after party. 
This is the show after the show, the party after the party, the bridge to get you from one full episode of Disgraceland to the other, the backyard to dig into the dirt. On this episode, we are talking, among other things, about, well, you guys, the Disgraceland community and what makes you all so awesome. We're also talking about Old Dirty Bastard, uh, amazing Halloween songs, and a call to arms against shitty music and boring music history. And of course, your voicemails, texts, DMs, and more. And as always, a whole lot of Rosie. All right, Disco's, let's get into it. All right, we are here in the Disgraceland bonus episode in what we call the after party, the place where we discuss the music and the sometimes flawed and sometimes larger than life characters that need discussing. And uh, I've been reflective lately. Like I said earlier at the top here, I recently moved, had some, had some a little more alone time on my hands and I figured I would be having, uh, allowing me to just sort of, you know, while I'm moving and unpacking the stuff from the family, I'm thinking about what, what, what are we even doing here in this, this disgrace land that we've built? Um, I, I put these bonus episodes together uh, with the team, with the help of the team here at Double Elvis. And a lot of times I'm just caught up in the motion of doing it. I wanted to kind of hit pause on that this week and and just sort of share my thinking with you guys. Um, when I started Disgraceland, I did it in part to make the podcast that didn't yet exist, but that I wanted to hear. And before Disgraceland, there was no music in true crime podcast. And what's grown out of Disgraceland is this community, you guys, the discos. And as we've grown together beyond music and true crime, it's not just about the piano player who got away with murdering his wife or the hip hop star who got gunned down on Crenshaw or the horrorcore artist who ate his roommate. Now it's about you and it's about me and it's about the relationship that we have. I've been thinking about what I bring to this relationship. You got to do that every once in a while to keep things fresh. You guys know this. You guys who are married, you guys who are in long-term relationships with, with other men and women and significant others, you got to know uh, when, when to stop and just sort of do a little, little personal assessment, okay? Reflect. I've been thinking about what I, like I said, what I bring to this relationship, and I've been thinking about what you guys bring to this relationship as well. This engagement that we have in these bonus episodes, it's turned into this unexpected gift for me. Um, when I started doing the bonus episodes, I mean, quite honestly, it was a contractual obligation. That's how it started as one of the deals that I had earlier in the in the lifespan here of Disgraceland. And I didn't like just, you know, hacking up this bonus episode and, and packaging it up and sending it out to you guys. I thought there'd be a new, a more interesting, more nuanced way to do things. So we, we found a way to do this with some old school uh, telephone wire. <laughs> <laughs> some rotary, some rotary telephones uh, with voicemail and text, and of course the modern tools of social media. And now I, I have this other place for me to talk to you, and for us to talk together once a week in a real and tangible way. And what's come of that, you know, beyond all that, what's what's more important is that you guys provoke me to think about music and to think about musicians that we cover in a different way which is refreshing. It is totally refreshing. And I have a lot of gratitude for it. What I like to believe that I bring to the relationship is similar. It's a unique point of view on the musicians that we cover and the music that we love or the music that we are in love with learning about. We are music lovers, all of us. We're obsessives. It's not enough to know that old dirty bastard spent time in prison. We want to know and feel his state of mind in the moment while he experienced hard time. 
It's not enough to simply read on rollingstone.com that ACDC was accused of inspiring a serial killer. We want to peek inside the state of mind of that serial killer and find out what he was doing when he was listening to ACDC. It's not enough to be told by Billboard magazine that Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska was inspired by real-life gangsters from Philadelphia. We want to be sitting on the corner across the street in South Philly at that moment when they blew up the chicken man and when they blew up his house, too. And the New York Post might interview me about Taylor Swift and her many stalkers, but you want to hear the lunacy and derangement that contributes to those stalkers scaling walls and bypassing the security of the biggest pop star in the world, and to try to understand the reason behind all of that. These artists, they're all entertaining, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. That tip of the iceberg is, is all throughout the mainstream music press, uh, it's, it's, it's easy to find in biopics, it's easy to find in, 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 in biographies, but the things that these artists do, their crimes, the things that happen to them, their attackers, and the things that inspire them provide a whole other level of entertainment for us to explore here in Disgraceland, a new kind of storytelling that we can tap into, edge-of-your-seat storytelling spawned from music and true crime. And we've got a whole different but similar thing going on with Badlands, which I'll address in our rap party bonus episode one of these weeks. You get a subscribe to that over in the Badlands feed. But here in the Disgraceland feed, this is the place for the true music obsessives, for the freaks, the geeks, the stoners, the burnouts, and the gearheads, and for, like I said, the obsessed, for those who want the story behind the story. That's what I've always wanted. For those who want to be transported into the story, that's what I've always wanted as well. For those long rides, those lonely nights, those endless commutes, and those rare moments of you time when it's just you and your headphones, you're walking the dog, you're doing the dishes, you're who the fuck knows what you're doing. It's you time. You can do whatever you want. You have great taste. You drive the conversation here as much as I do. Try doing that at Rolling Stone or at Billboard or at Pitchfork or anywhere else of consequence. They aren't going to listen to you. They have their own agenda. They have publicists to answer to. They have records to sell. Here, we're behind the board together mixing our own music, and we do it old school and new school. Telephone, 617-906-6638, voicemail. And new school, 617-906-6638, text. At DisgraceLandPod on socials, DisgraceLandPod at gmail.com on email. I can't wait to hear from you guys this week on all things music and true crime. I'm going to be back in two seconds right after this break with your voicemails, your texts, and your DMs. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back. And real quick, before we get into your voicemails, texts, and DMs, I want to illustrate what I was talking about in the earlier block. So here are some recent headlines from the major music sites right now. From Billboard.com, this is an actual headline. Jason Mraz's Motown Night Jive brings season best scores on Dancing with the Stars. 
Also from Billboard.com, BTS Young Cook shares golden concept photo ahead of album release. From Rollingstone.com, Tizo Touchdown is the future of rap rock. And one more from Rollingstone.com. From Kindles to Crest White Strips, these are the best October Prime deals worth shopping now. Are you fucking kidding me? Does, does any of this interest you? No, of course it doesn't. Because like me, you aren't interested in Dancing with the Stars, K-Rock, Rap Rock, or giving a flying fuck about Rolling Stone's take on Crest White Strips. And why would you? This is at best asinine clickbait about music that doesn't interest you, or at worst advertising disguised as music content. Here's what you care about. Josh from the 801 on the question of how we discovered music before the internet. Hey Jake, this is Josh from the 801 uh, calling about how we found music before the internet. Um, for me, it was skateboarding videos. You could hear anything from Johnny Thunders to Jeezy in the same video. So you got a good mix of everything. And then it was a 90s kid, so the internet came out shortly after that. But uh, yeah, skateboarding videos and magazines were mostly how I found music. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Right on, Josh. Um, I was never a skater myself, but most every kid I hung out with was a skater. Uh, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Skate videos from the 80s and 90s, 90s especially, treasure troves of great music. And uh, Dogtown and Z-Boys, the sort of higher-end skate documentary, great documentary, one of the greatest documentaries I've ever seen. Sean Penn narrates it. Uh, it really, I know it's not a skate video, but it really drives your point home with the soundtrack for that film. It's an incredible mix, as you probably know here, Josh. It's an incredible mix of early metal, classic rock, pre-punk stuff that you would have heard during the time uh, of skateboarding's origins, which is what Dogtown Z Boys is all about. All right, let's check in with Chris from the 573 on how he got into music. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Chris from the 573. I was going to comment on your uh, request to uh, talk about musical come-ups. I, uh, I had a summer where uh, the parents had gotten divorced, and I did the proverbial stay at the grandparents for the summer. Um, Newtown, I think I was about a third grader, uh, and I meet a kid named Jesse Lee. And the first thing Jesse Lee did was hand me a TDK cassette tape that said these three words, guns and roses. You know, prior to that, I was uh, probably on a path towards marching band with my little saxophone, and it was Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. I just didn't have any other uh, experiences. No Jesse Lees were in my world prior to that, but I listened to that tape, shut her off, and said, I, I don't know what those guys are talking about, but I want to be like them. Also, I was going to see if you had ever heard the theory that uh, Garth Brooks is a uh, serial killer. There's a lineage, not a lineage, but there's a comparison to murders in each of the cities he's played at. Every city he goes to, there's been a murder or there's a alarming amount of coincidences that there's murders in each town that Garth Brooks has played. And so I think it was Burt Kreischer that connected the the uh, two details. And he, he's been saying that Garth Brooks is a serial killer. That might make a good uh, April Fool's Day episode, possibly. But anyway, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for everything. Cheers. Chris, Jesse Lee, your guy Jesse Lee sounds like a uh, Gen X delinquent kid that I that I would have known growing up as well. Uh, and I can relate to the the summers at my grandmother's. That's why that Nirvana, Grandma, Take Me Home, that hit fucking hard, man. Um, anyways, I've never heard the Garth Brooks serial killer story, but hot damn, Chris, I am listening. All right. 
Um, I'm loving the music discovery stories. Uh, keep them coming. Let's check in with Patrick from the 904 out there eating up asphalt, working hard delivering beer for you guys in the great state of Florida. Hey, Jake, what's up? It's Patrick. I'm in St. Augustine, Florida, driving a truck, delivering beer. Love the podcast. Uh, you were talking about discovery music stories. I got one for you. I was a kid, and I was exploring this building that had been in construction and abandoned, walking around, checking it out, you know, and uh, inside this little hole in the wall, I saw a backpack and whatnot and thought someone was in there, said hello, got no response, went in, checked it out, looked like uh, the stuff belonged to, like, a traveling kid. It was a backpack, a uh, guitar, some cardboard with markers, and a CD case. Uh... I was a little kid, so I decided, let me look through this CD case, see what I can find. Uh, kid obviously took some stuff with him on the road to listen to, but I found the Funkadelic Cosmic Flop album, uh, well, CD, and it looked cool. I'd never heard of it before, so I took it home. Uh, don't know if you can say this on the pod, but got a little stoned, listened to it, and it blew my mind, and to this day, I am a huge Funkadelic fan, and cannot hear them without thinking of that story, so anyways, love the show, brother, keep up what you're doing, I uh, listen to you while I'm driving around doing my thing, peace. Thanks for the call, Patrick. Dude, the beginning of your of your story sounds like the, uh, the opening scene of a horror movie. <laughs> Uh, what a wild and daring way to discover none other than Funkadelic. Cosmic Slop, yes, incredible album, and yes, an even more incredible album when you're stoned. At some point, dude, we're going to do an episode on Funkadelic. Uh, thanks for this, Patrick, and thanks for working hard out there. All right, let's switch topics and hear from Ian Maybe up in Canada on uh, top five Halloween songs. Hey, Jake. This is Ian Maybe 705 up in Canada. I have to give you my uh, top five Halloween songs in no particular order. Got uh, Bella Lugosi's Dead, uh, Ministry, Every Day is Halloween. That's got to be in there. Uh, Love and Rockets, Haunted, uh, Swishblade Symphony, Witches, uh, Typo Negative, Black Number One. And if I had to give an honorable mention, it would be Uncle Acid and the Dead Beats, I'll Cut You Down. All right, rock and roll fucking great list and uh none of which would have been on my list uh but will be now great titles especially bella lugosi's dead uh if you're interested in quentin tarantino's latest book cinema speculation it's got a great insert on the death of bella lugosi uh, it's absolutely fascinating and worth checking out for that alone but the whole freaking book is incredible as you would imagine uh there will be a badlands episode on on bella lugosi at some point all right, so let's recap just real quick. Some of the artists you guys brought up already on these calls and texts, Johnny Thunders, Guns N' Roses, Bauhaus, Funkadelic, uh, to the earlier point of why we are here in this feed right now together. It's not just to dig into edge of your seat storytelling about insane rock star behavior, but it's to talk about great music and the people who make it. And you guys have great taste, and I hate to break it to you, but you're just not going to get Johnny Thunders, Guns N' Roses, Bauhaus, Funkadelic. Uh, you're, you're not going to get them on the pages of Rolling Stone right now, or Billboard, or really anywhere else with the level of context and perspective 
that we're dealing with here. Uh, you guys built this space, the space where we are unashamed to make classic rock great again, where we know in our bones that there isn't a hip hop artist on the charts right now who could ever hold the mic to any number of 90s or early aughts MCs. It's right here, right here where metal, punk, dance music, hell, even disco takes flight through wildly entertaining transgressive behavior. And it's here where the DIY can-do hustle of hardcore music and blue collar, blues, country, and soul, where it inspires us to always search for and unpack the most entertaining stories from music history. Not the same old textbook bullshit peddled by the mainstream music press or the hackneyed biopics and tire biographies. Right here in Disgraceland, right here because of you, the Disgraceland community, the discos. This isn't a podcast. This is a revolt against shitty music, a call to arms against boring music history. Discos, fire all of your guns at once, explode into space, Disgraceland, after party, pre-party, three pods in the truth, back in a moment with more from you guys. Guys, 617-906-6638 to leave me a voicemail. Let's keep going on this music discovery thread. How did you guys get into music in a pre-internet era? Which juvenile delinquent got you into the pre-pour-some-sugar-on-me Def Leppard? Which stone skater slipped you the first Suicidal Tendencies album? What was the name of the cool older dude who dated your sister and introduced you to Jay-Z for the first time? 617-906-6638. Call me from work. Your boss is not going to care. Trust me. Call me from the road. Hands-free only, of course. 617-906-6638. You can send a text, too. Just like Dylan from the 260 on the question of favorite Halloween song. Dylan writes, Jake, Dylan from the 260 here would like to submit my list of my favorite Halloween songs. None of these mention the word Halloween, but who the hell cares? They're great. I agree with that. Favorite Halloween songs don't have to explicitly mention Halloween or even be about Halloween. They just got to be spooky, fucking creepy. You know, you're driving late at night and you're like, fuck, I got to get home, man. I'm scared. Number one, Children of the Grave, Black Sabbath. I totally agree. Underrated, by the way. Number two, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Metallica. Number three, Symptom of the Universe, Black Sabbath. Great. Might be my favorite Sabbath song. Awesome taste, Dylan. Number four, Zero, The Smashing Pumpkins. Wouldn't have picked that one, but I, I'm okay. And number five, Ghost Song, Jim Morrison and the Doors. I don't know Ghost Song, do I? People Are Strange is where I go to with, with spooky Doors stuff. Uh, great list, nonetheless, Dylan. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, let's check in with the 775 on more Halloween songs. Uh, right here, they go in with number one, How to Make a Monster by Rob Zombie. Both versions. Is that cheating? Number two, Crip Zombie Hula by Dead Cats. Number three, Bloodletting by Concrete Blonde. Number four, Night Prowler by ACDC. Five, Ain't No Grave by Johnny Cash. Six, Zombie Crush by Groovy Ghoulies. I would totally have Werewolves of London on here, but it was on your list. Hope you had some of mine on yours as well. They're on mine. And here's the playlist. Uh, awesome playlist here. All Hallows Eve, excuse me, is the name of the playlist. I want to get you the playlist username. It's uh, Brent N. Sandy. B-R-E-N-T-N-S-A-N-D-I-E. Check that out on Spotify. Brent N. Sandy. And there's a great playlist here uh, called All Hallows Eve. And it starts with a fucking banger that uh, that they didn't mention. Heads Will Roll by Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. It's a great one. Great one. Science fiction. Damn, good stuff on here. I'm looking at the Psycho Killer. Uh, Godzilla. Nice. Good, 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 good list. Thank you, 775. Jane from the 306 writes in, Hey, Jake. 
You asked about discovering music slash bands, etc. I was a kid when Smash Mouth released I'm a Believer and I had zero concept of what a cover song was. We were in the city with my dad, who usually only listened to talk radio, when the song came on the local station. We were absolutely blown away when dad, a child of the 60s, knew the words to this quote-unquote cool new song. It opened the doors to the monkeys and Beatles and all sorts of great music and still a favorite memory of my dad from Jane. Uh, awesome story, Jane. Appreciate this. Um, appreciate you, I should say. And a little bittersweet because the singer from Smash Mouth just passed away a couple weeks ago. Great text. Let's check in with Thad from the 402, who writes in, Hey, Jake. Thad from the 402, formerly from 612, loved the series on Wu-Tang, worked at a mom-and-pop record store in the early 90s and sold a ton of Wu and Associates. I'm 53 and finally going to give them a listen. Couple of suggestions. Okay, three. Black Flag, Hawkwind, or maybe Jesus Lizard. Saw Jesus Lizard open for Rollins Band on the GOAT tour. Was never so scared for my life. Keep up the great work, Rockarola. I think I saw Jesus Lizard on that tour with Rollins in Rhode Island. Providence at Babyhead. I've seen Jesus Lizard like three times. I believe I saw them downstairs at the Middle East. And I think I saw them at the Paradise as well. Uh, of course, my memory is very foggy and I could just be making this shit up. No, I'm not. Um, Jesus Lizard is one of the greatest bands I've ever seen in my life. One of the greatest live shows I have ever, ever, ever seen. Uh, and Henry Rollins is uh, doing a spoken word tour and he's uh, doing a gig about 15 minutes from my home. And I think I'm going to go see him in a couple weeks. And I hope to meet the man. Uh, been a fan forever. Also, there's a dude in my gym who wears a Rollins band shirt. And uh, I'm going to introduce myself one of these days. I almost did it yesterday, but I didn't. I was like, eh, eh shirt's inside out. It's kind of fucking weird. All right, let's keep going here with the text. The 416 writes in, hey, have you done an episode about ministry and Al Jorgensen? And I respond with, hey, no, I haven't. Um, but I might <laughs> at some point. I used to work in a moving company where the original drummer from ministry worked. Uh, he worked there before I got there, like a couple days before, and he was legend. And uh, I, I don't know I don't know what the original drummer from ministry's name was. I think at the time they even had a drum machine. So uh, this could all be moving company myth for all I know. Anyone, anyone connected to Dan's van in Somerville from back in the day, hit me up and let me know what I'm talking about. All right, let's do another text here from the 423. Who writes in, yo, Jake, Warner MC in Colorado here. Not really a band, but I'd love to hear a Bob Dylan album produced by Rick Rubin, a la Johnny Cash's late career American albums. Uh, Dylan being backed by Fish would be a personal preference, but doubtful it would be any good. <laughs> I love it. You're, uh, you're suggesting it, and you're doubtful it'll actually be any good. You're, you're just there for the chaos of it all, which I can get with. Uh, you go on to say, speaking of fish, farm aid, and backing legends, did you know that after backing Neil Young for an absolutely scorching down by the river at Farm Aid 1998, Neil approached Fish to back him on tour, but the band declined. One can only imagine how cool that tour would have been. Thanks to all the great content and keep up the great work, Rockarola. Um, I love the idea of Rick Rubin producing Bob Dylan. I don't think it'll ever happen. But stranger things have happened. Maybe it will. Who knows? I fucking love it, though. I'm here for it. I can't believe I didn't think of that. that that's like something I would think of. But you did. So cheers to you, 423. Appreciate it. Let's do this one from the 440. Hey, Jake. Sean from Cleveland, Ohio. Long time listener. My question for you is, 
I know you do Disgraceland, Badlands, 27 Club, Blood on the Tracks, Dead and Gone, and the research that goes into these subjects. What's the day like for Jake Brennan? Do you do all the recording in one day? Uh, do you do one week of this show and next week focus on that show? Whatever and however you do it, it's working. I look forward to everything uh, every week for a new episode and for the new seasonal shows as well. Lastly, I just wanted to say you're awesome with how you interact with the fans. A lot of podcast hosts won't do that, and you do, and it's really cool. Take care, man. You got it, Sean. Um, answer your question. It's uh, yes, I do the research. Yes, I do the writing. Um, but I have a whole team here who does research and writing as well. And we pretty much divvy up the episodes. It depends. Uh, it used to be that, uh, used to be that I did everything, but that's not the case anymore. It's impossible as you can probably imagine with all the content, but Typically, and generally speaking, uh, a week for me is either a research week or a writing week, and I alternate. And I typically split my days, generally speaking, again, generally speaking, I split my days in half. The early morning, I'm a very early riser, and the uh, the first half of my day are dedicated to either researching or writing. And the second half of my day, I'll typically you know, take a break, I'll go work out, go to the gym, or go for a swim. Um, and then I eat. And then the second half of my day is done, uh, is this stuff here, talking into a microphone and doing that part of it or, uh, reviewing mixes, which I have such a great, uh, team here on the music and, and mix side that I, I barely even review the mixes anymore. Uh, Matt Bowden is sort of our mix czar, uh, and I have a lot of faith and trust in him, uh, to handle that. So that's, that's uh, generally speaking how I do things. Now I've been moving for the last, it seems like months, a few months here. So everything's been upset and disrupted. Uh, but I will say that the team here at Double Elvis, Seth Lundy, Sean Cahalan, Matt Tahaney, Matt Bowden, Brady Sadler, Jamie Demas, Dennis Brennan, everybody involved, uh, whoever I'm forgetting off the top of my head, uh, chips in and helps with these episodes, touches them in, in one way or another, makes it possible for us to deliver so much goddamn content. And we have uh, even more in store for you. And I just got off a call about an hour ago uh, talking about a new idea that I think we're going to try to bring to life next year as well. So I hope that answers your question, Sean. Uh, let's do one last one here from the 215. It says, uh, hey, the season's hip hop episodes have been incredible. Can't wait for Liquid Swords and Liking It Raw. Badlands has been on point as well. I'm spreading the word to all in Philly that these podcasts are the ones to follow. I'm about to mellow out with some slow, funky West Coast vibes and Tupac Radical Truth on my lunch break. Keep up the good work. Double Elvis, you got it, 215. Appreciate that. Um, as you know, we're in the middle of this Wu-Tang Clan serialized season, 10 episodes on the Wu, one each for each member, one episode for each member we just delivered, uh, just launched our old Dirty Bastard episode. That's in your feed right now. ODB was beloved. I can tell from the response I'm getting from you guys on social media. He was one of these incomparable artists. Uh, and just a crazy true crime story connected to him as well. Uh, he's charged with attempted murder of an NYPD officer, chased down by Rottweilers, shot by men in ski masks, addicted to cocaine, arrested 10 times in just a few months' time, suffered through some harrowing experiences while doing time at a notorious prison. Uh, of course, you can hear all about this in the brand new episode that I just mentioned that's available in your feeds. Uh, but, you know, just at, while we're in the after party here, I want to talk a little bit about this Gonzo 
thing that ODB perfected. Uh, and as we say in the episode, Old Dirty Bastard was not Russell Jones. Old Dirty Bastard was a character. Just like all the guys in Wu-Tang are to some extent characters, alter egos. Uh, ODB himself said, quote, Dirty is just the negative side of me, the pressure that builds up inside me. Then when somebody gets on my nerves, it's got to come out. Which, that quote, got me, Jake Brennan, thinking here. Uh, what are some of the best alter egos in music history? Some of the best alter egos. Is it David Bowie? Is Ziggy Stardust? Is it Garth Brooks? Is Chris Gaines? Is it one of Prince's many alter egos? Maybe it's ODB. Who do you got? Who do you think? Best alter egos in rock music, 617-906-6638. Leave me a voicemail, send me a text, and let me know. All right, a uh, real quick recommendation here. Jim Croce, specifically the album I Got a Name from the film The Last American Hero with Jeff Bridges. Uh, that I'm going to talk about in Badlands this week. You can hear that. Real sad sack 70 shit that I'm a sucker for. That I got to I gotta say, I, I've i never gravitated toward Jim Croce, but I'm watching this movie. This song is in the opening credit scene, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, this song. This song's fucking great. I go, I take a bath. I listen to the whole record, and I'm just fucking blown away. Smoking my dad grass. Um, just awesome. So, uh I need more of this. I don't need it, but I want it. I don't even really want it. I just want to know what sad sack 70 shit you guys are suckers for. Okay. Is it Cat Stevens, Leonard Cohen, Bread, America, Christopher Cross? Is Christopher Cross 70s or 80s? I think he's 80s. But anyways, what sad sack 70s albums should I be checking out? What Jim Croce album is your favorite? Let me know. 617-906-6638. Other questions to ponder. Best alter egos in rock and roll. Who was better than Old Dirty Bastard? Ziggy Stardust, Chris Gaines, Bruce Springsteen as Bruce Springsteen. I'm kidding. It's still only the second week of October, okay? So I also want to know what your favorite Halloween songs are. And not only that, I want to know what your favorite Disgraceland Halloween episodes are. Big Lurch, Jim Morris as a Zodiac Killer, The Misfits, Black Sabbath, ACDC. Who is it? Send me a quick text or voicemail, 617-906-6638 to let me know. The reason I want to know is because we're uh, I'm doing this informal poll because I want to top 10 these Disgraceland episodes and re-release them for you in the 10 days leading up to Halloween. And we're almost there. So I got to get on it and so do you. Let me know what your favorite Disgraceland Halloween episodes are, 617-906-6638. All right, quick break and I'm back in a flash. All right, welcome back again, 617-906-6638. Let me know your favorite Disgraceland Halloween episodes, text or voicemail, Big Lurch, Michael Alec, Ozzy, The Misfits, Sabbath, let me know. You can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Uh, Justin G writes in on Instagram, just finished the ODB episode. He was my fave too. Wish he would have got his shit together and not OD. Uh, and yes, he made some great fucking music. Yes, Justin, old dirty bastard, certainly did. Ellie Ordez writes in on Instagram, Hey Jake, I just heard your latest bonus episode and it got me thinking about my cosmic connections to music. Uh, super long story short, when I was a teenager, I had this little yellow AM FM radio and I exclusively listened to a rock station called K-Rock LA. And it changed the way I see music in general because I was introduced to all these different bands that most of the kids I went to school with 
uh, knew of already, but I was so sheltered in a racist as heck household where my grandfather would only ever let us listen to and watch anything in just Spanish. So finding my way into music enlightenment, it was rather difficult, at least at first, but once I got to keep listening and in between listening to other stations too, I pretty much expanded my music selections, as most people these days. I listen to a little bit of everything, and as for Spanish, it's absolutely within my heart and soul, and I'll always flock to it from time to time. Uh, great music discovery story there from Disco Ellie Ordez. Thank you so much. Uh, let's check in with Michael Lane Heath on Facebook real quick who writes in, Hiya, Jake. Got hip to your Disgraceland podcast the other day, and I'm impressed by your noir delivery and awareness of culture, facts, etc., and the Mellotron intros. For what it's worth, a few yonks back, I did a collection of interviews with Lou Reed you might have seen. My week beats your year. Paperback will be out soon. Nice to reach out, keep in touch, and keep on keeping on. All the best from San Fran, MLH. Uh, Michael, I'm not sure you're going to hear. I responded uh, in the in the Disgraceland, I'm sorry, in the Facebook app. Uh, thanks. I appreciate it. I've heard of your book, by the way, your collection. Um, I believe I even, I even read some of it when I was researching Lou Reed. And as I mentioned in my message back to you, I did this whole double episode on Lou's origin story that's almost entirely fictionalized, but based on the facts that... I think you're going to dig. It's basically me copying Raymond Chandler in honor of Lou Reed. All right. At Disgraceland Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and X. Let's recap. All right. Number one, a new episode on Old Dirty Bastard, the eighth episode in our serialized season on Wu-Tang Clan, is in your Disgraceland feeds right now. We got two more episodes on Wu-Tang coming, and then we're done. And then we're moving on. We're moving into the spooky Halloween season. So hit me up. Number two, hit me up. Hit me up with your favorite Disgraceland Halloween episodes. All right, number three, over in the Badlands feed, we got a brand new episode on David Lynch and the unsolved murder that inspired his great television show, Twin Peaks. Number four... Next week in the Disgraceland feed, like I said, this is also kind of number two. We're wrapping up our Wu-Tang season with two new episodes on Mass Tequila and the Jizza. All right, both next week, and then poof, we're out. Number four, my number is 617-906-6638. Favorite Disgraceland Halloween episodes, favorite Halloween songs. I also want to know your favorite Musical alter egos, hit me up. I'm still listening for discovery stories as well. Text and voicemail, 617-906-6638. And number five or number six, I can't remember anymore what number we're on. Just you remember, you remember this. No one cares about the music that you love more than you do, okay? And that's a disgrace. All right, my moment of bliss. Me reading you the phone book from the city where Old Dirty Bastard was in drug rehab when he went AWOL, Pasadena, California, circa 1986. Jehola, Anthony, 337-2433. Jehola, Delfino, 284-9731. JoJo's Flooring, 714-522-8431. Jogenin, Anthony, 445-3419. Jokel, Dave, 966-6647. Joko, Bob, 213-283-7265. Joko, Frank, 284-9242. Joel Green, C, 793-7450. Joel Graham, Russell, 963-5102. Jolin and Young, 213-255-5658. Joey, James, 796-8062. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut.